This episode is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. So whether you want to catch the game live or watch the latest blockbuster, they've got you covered. And there's no annual contract. DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Cox Home Life. Cox helps make your home smarter. And now you can pull up your Home Life cameras on your TV with your Contour voice remote and some simple voice commands. To learn more, visit cox.com slash thisishome. Hi, I'm Polly Campbell, and this is Simply Said. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Polly Campbell, and you're listening to Polly Campbell Simply Said. You know what we talk about here, how to live well, do good, and be happy. And I am fired up about today's show. I get excited about all this stuff. You guys know that. All this energy swirling around and I get to talk to interesting people and learn about things I'd like to improve and learn about things I've never even heard of. And right now, today's topic, we're kind of in the middle of that because this is a topic that I'm fascinated with. And I get to talk to a person I met a couple of months ago and I I just love visiting with her. So it's the best of both worlds for me today. We're talking about intuition, psychic energy, how to really tap into those inner voices and how we can use them not only to feel better in our lives, but to ease into our lives in business and school in relationships. Kim Forrester is here and she is a mother, a nature lover, a global traveler, holistic well-being advocate, and a kindness enthusiast. I love that title, Kindness Enthusiast. She's an award-winning author, educator, and consultant. And her book, Infinite Mind, an exploration of psi and the capabilities of the human mind, is fascinating. I love this stuff, Kim. I'm totally, I have so many questions. I'm really ready to get into it. Welcome to the show. Holly, it is just my delight to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me and for sharing all about the power of intuition and sixth sense. It's just my greatest passion. Let's go. Well, I I love it. And in your book, I want to, you know, you know how I do the show. It's very practical stuff that that even people like me, (laughs) if I can do it, anyone can do it, can use to really elevate the experience of their lives. And I was looking at the book Infinite Mind and I mean, you have stories about Conrad Hilton, you have stories about uh, famous educate, very logical, practical people who have really also learned how to use their intuition in a way that has led them to great success personally and professionally. So this is, this is not a woo-woo kind of thing necessarily. No, it's not a woo-woo thing, which is specifically why I wrote the book and specifically why the chapters in the book cover the stories that they do, because there are some very interesting historical figures in there and there are some really well-known business people and there are girl and boy next door. I really, really wanted to make sure that we demystified uh, the whole concept of having a sixth sense or or psychic energy. I wanted to take away any sort of exclusivity from it and I wanted people to understand that science shows that this is a natural inherent part of being a human being 
All right. I want to know all of this because I read the, I read in your book, and I have done this myself, like I have willed myself to be psychic. Like I have gone to work, let's become more intuitive, and really beat myself up trying to get there. And you write about in the book how you realized it was more of an aptitude, more of a skill. What, what does that mean, and, and how does that work for the rest of us? I think for me it was about the story that I had created. So I had an idea in my mind, a story that I had inherited about what it means to be psychic and what it looks like when you are psychic. And for me, that meant that I truly, truly wanted to sit down and have these incredible visions or stare in a crystal ball and get, you know, spendiferous meditations with all the imagery that came to me. And, and I felt that if I could attain that skill, then I would be psychic. And it wasn't until many years into my training that I realized, oh, no, that's not how my mind works through my body. That's not how I filter any kind of information, really. For me, it's about feeling and an auditory sensation. For me, it's about hearing information and, and, and feeling the emotions of people as they walk in the room. And it's then that I realized, like like Dorothy on the yellow brick road right I had the power in me all along and here I was chasing the emerald city this this story of what I thought it was to be psychic I think that about so many things right we're chasing we're we're striving and often we need to step back and say oh maybe that's what I already have maybe that's right in front of me absolutely and I understand that over the eons uh, we humans, we've had to develop stories to kind of explain the way things work. And I think for a lot of us in different cultures around the world, there are stories, particularly around your intuition. It could be that you feel that you have to inherit it through, you know, fa a family mm -hmm. line, that it has to look a particular way. For some people, it might be that you're not psychic until you have a particular experience. And as valid as those stories are and as real as they can feel to us, and as integrated as those stories can become into our experience and our identity, science is showing and experience is showing that they are not necessarily true, mm. that we can find our intuition in the way that it works and speaks gently to us and that we can do it at any time and that we can um, build and, and evolve those incredible skills and talents to the best of our ability. And when you say we, you mean all of us. Like I we mean, all have access to this. Absolutely. We are all human, which means we're all mammals, which means we're all animals, uh, which means we are all part of this incredible, intric intricately entwined world and universe. We share 84% of the DNA of wolves. Right. And I think most people could sit back and, and accept that wolves have some kind of sixth sense where they talk to each other telepathically, seemingly across long distances. And they can all gather in one place after months apart and arrive within minutes of each other without any outward communication. Eighty four percent of their DNA is in us. So why is it a step too far to consider that we also have 
this incredible talent. And in actual fact, science has got to the point now that the Institute of Noetic Sciences is leading the charge here. They have got to the point where back in the 80s, the, the head of the uh, American Psychological Association, Association, she broadcast it out. She said, if we are to look at psychic ability through a scientific lens, and if we are to accept the evidence as it presents itself to us, then we have to regard this talent, the skill, as being true and real. I love that. I, I love that factoid about the wolves too. That's so cool to think about. I mean, we are animals, right? We're instinctive, mm-hmm. and our we we as in me <laughs> have often let my logical mind run over those feelings. And I was reminded of that when I was reading your book. How did you start? looking at this stuff, what you, you talk and write about holistic well-being on your podcast and in your books and intuition. What, how did you come to this area of study and practice? Well, I came to the topic, I came to the experience of intuition from a very young age. I had a calling in me and I know that maybe you, many of your listeners will understand what it means when someone talks about spirituality or psychic ability and it's almost like it unlocks a little part inside of you and you become enlivened and you go, oh, I think that's a hidden part of myself that I've never explored and it excites me. So I always had that Then I started training myself through meditation circles and spiritual development groups. It wasn't until many years into actually being a psychic reader. So I became a professional reader and I realized that A, I didn't feel very special. I didn't think that I had a special gift that had been bestowed upon me. I felt very normal and, and humbled and, um, and fallible. So the second thing is I discovered the science. I discovered the empirical studies that are showing that anyone pulled off the street can show, well, a lot of people pulled off the street can show Mm -hmm. this aptitude. Um, And then I read a statistic where around the world, you will find the majority of people believe in this stuff. And I'm putting believe in inverted quotes there because we don't need to believe in a fact, but about in the Western world, it averages out at about 65% of people actually are interested in this, do believe that this is possible, uh, would like to learn more. And that fascinated me because in the before times when we all used to have dinner parties, <laughs> you would sit there and there were 10 people around the table. That means that six or seven of those people would would be really interested in psychic ability mm-hmm. or or associated, you know, spiritual concepts. And yet I doubt that any one of those six or seven would openly speak up about it um, if they were in a group of strangers. Yeah, right. That's right? interesting. Yeah. So we have a majority in the Western society at 65% in Eastern cultures out here in Asia where I live it's much larger statistic than that mm-hmm. because they they were never divorced from their spiritual self through science as we were. But I went, what are we doing, Polly? Why is it that we have this truly a silent majority of people who want to learn more about this, who want to understand more of the mystery of themselves and yet are shamed, are afraid of speaking up and saying, yeah, I have an interest in this. And I realized it's the stigma around it. So long story, I decided we need 
to have intellectual uh, information upon which we can peg our interest in spirituality. In the 21st century, if we want to invite more people to study and engage and, and explore these kinds of topics and skills and aptitudes with themselves, then they have to be invited in a way that allows them to feel that they're still regarded as a very sensible and logical and reasonable person. It, <laughs> right, right. right. Yeah. So hence why I blend science. And there's a lot of science out there around this and all sorts of spiritual concepts. And, you know, your traditional spiritual philosophy so that you can say to people, you are interested in this. And it's not because you are divorced from science. It's because you are somewhat ahead of science. Mm, right. I, I love, I thought it was really unique in, in, the, in your work that you do on the Eudaimonia podcast and in your book. You talk about holistic wellness, but you talk about it as the intersect of psychology and science and spirituality. You're not looking at it from one side. You think all of this and by all of this, our physical health and our emotional health and our intuitive health and all these aspects of our being are part of being a well person. Absolutely. We have a habit in Western culture, again, of sort of compartmentalizing everything. And so we think that science is telling us a particular story and spirituality is telling us a different story and psychology is telling us a completely different story. But that is because when Newton came about three, four hundred years ago and he started breaking up the universe into smaller pieces and smaller fragments, we started fragmenting our experience of the world and fragmenting our experience of ourselves and our lives. So this is what we've done. But when you study each of those facets, when you look deeper into what any form of, of study or, um, or teaching is trying to say, including religion, by the way, if you look at, at organized religion and if you look symbolically through the messages that are being shared. Everyone's trying to tell the same story. It's just, I like to say that, that science and spirituality are sharing the same information with us, but science is doing it in a PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. and spirituality is doing it through interpretive dance. So, so science, you get the, the cold, hard facts, bang, bang, bang. This is how it works. Everything gets broken down into, you know, cause and effect. And uh, it's very easy to digest. It's very easy to repeat. And if you know the language, it's very easy for you to understand what's being said. Interpretive dance over here deals more with the experience of it. It's very subjective, the experience, and it's very emotive and often ineffable. There are no words behind interpretive dance. You feel that. So that is, for me, sort of an analogy of what spirituality is telling us. It's saying, um, you know, science might be telling you that, you know, X, Y, and Z is what is happening. But spirituality tells you, and this is how it feels mm -hmm. to experience it. I, I, that's beautiful. I absolutely agree. And, and it seems like in my own life and my own experience, I learn in all different ways. So I learned about creative visualization from a spiritual perspective. And then I read the science on it, you know, and, mm. and vice versa. There's so many uh, cross connections, because I, I think that provides a whole experience. And when we're open to that and acknowledge that, 
not only does it feel like we move into alignment with the universe for me, but, but it also feels so cool and interesting <laughs> and fascinating and magical. You know, I don't have to know how it all works to be a whole person. That's a relief to me. I can step into the experience and be present to it. And, uh, and, and it can work for me too. I, I love that. I, I think this is really important stuff. So thank you for that. Um, and I, now I, I want to get down to it, Kim. I want the brass tack. How do we do this, <laughs> this intuition stuff? You know, I, I know what my body feels like when I get a hit, but how do we interpret that? How do we use this to, to move our experience forward or to understand it in a new way? So first thing of all, um, Intuition is pure data. Okay, if we're going to talk about it on the PowerPoint presentation, we would say when when science finally understands what it is, the mechanism will say this is some kind of data exchange into your consciousness or through the quantum field. That's what it's going to look like. How your mind interprets that is completely up to you, and it will be based on a cultural norms. Okay, so what did you grow up with that has been hardwired into your brain as being natural and normal and, and possible? For some, that is animal totems. For some, that is angels. For others, that mm. is uh, sort of p- pagan uh, symbology. Um, f- but it also will speak to you in your language. How do you best process information in the world? If you are a very visual person and you have a photographic memory and you can remember the faces of people or the scenery long after you have left or you know you're no longer seeing that, then you are probably going to get visions. Your information, your brain loves to give you visions. It's going to give you visions. For me, I'm highly emotively connected to people and to situations. My information flows to me through my emotions. That's how I feel it. I feel it in my body. And also, I am I'm very good at remembering lyrics. I remember people's voices. I remember what things things that were said in the past. So I often get a hit of information in my ear. So number one, how do you process information in the world? That is how this information is going to work through you and speak to you. Um, and secondly, the most important thing is that we are so taught to be in our brain, and yet our brain is a gatekeeper of this stuff. If you Studies have shown that if you do not believe in psychic ability, then you will actually use your ability to be wrong more often than you should. Huh. Right? It's called the sheep-goat effect for anyone who wants to go and research that. The sheep-goat effect or negative sigh. So if you walk into an experiment or if you walk into any situation and you go, oh, do you know what? I can't do this. There's no way that I have this information flowing to me. Um, you will get the information. The, the, the data will be there available for you, but your mind will go, oh, hang on, but we don't believe in this. So it must be, I'm going to choose the other answer or I'm going to take another course of action. And then of course you go, oh, see, told you I'm wrong. Yeah, and, I have and- totally I have totally been either the sheep or the goat. I don't even know, but I've done that for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So the more you can trust it and believe in it, the more your brain, your mind starts working in your favor and going, oh, okay, well, let's give you the actual information that I got. And, you know, Mm. here's a little bit more of an accurate insight into what's going on. So, um, and so thirdly, body, it speaks to you through your body before it speaks to you through your brain. So, um, the best way for you to tap into is 
to um, listen to what your body is saying. Find out what your default setting is. We all have a different level of energy in our bodies, our minds, and our emotions. Sit with yourself. Find out how you feel when there are no demands on you. And then listen to how your body, your mind, and your heart uh, react when you are dealt with when you're dealing with a particular person or when you're hearing about a particular situation. That is the easiest way to sort of start getting in touch with this information. Yeah, I love that. I think um, that's when things really started to shift for me in a whole lot of ways. When I when I started when I got my own baseline, you know, mm. when when I sat with all different situations before I, I responded and got to know, oh, no, this isn't my warning system. This is my excited system or this is my whatever, because I think we got to know our starting point so that we can interpret the, the feeling and the sensations we get when it comes through in, in a changing situation. In your book, there's a story about a guy who was um, who knew he was going to be mugged and he, and he kept going and he overrode that. How do we know when to trust? How do we know when we're, when we're learning and we're practicing and developing our aptitude for this, how, how do we know if it can be trusted in big situations? It can be trusted. All right. Um, the, the big question, I guess, is how do we know that it's actually intuitive information that we're getting and not, you know, our mm -hmm. own mental uh, hamster wheel that's giving us information? One thing I would say is that half of all spontaneous psi or psychic experiences around the world come through dreams because because our logical mind is a gatekeeper our conscious mind is a gatekeeper um the the most powerful intuitive hits are going to come when that is shut down when that's being rebooted and your unconscious mind that's why your body is is an incredible uh, guide and help and helper because mm -hmm. most of your body uh, reacts through unconscious processes but also your dreams or when you're meditating, or you know when there's drumming, something that puts you into a really um, mindless state, whereby your creativity can flow, your intuition can flow, your emotions can flow. Anything that takes that that disables that conscious mind, which is only about three percent of our thoughts, by the way. <laughs> you know that yeah, Such but a small amount, yeah. It's a powerful three percent. Um, so trust it. Uh, it has never put me wrong, ever put me wrong. Um, it can lead you into very uncomfortable or surprising decisions. However, if you trust it, it never, ever takes you. Uh, it only ever takes you closer to a greater version of yourself or closer to a, a more fulfilling life. And the times that I haven't trusted it, it's also led me to very uncomfortable situations. So, you know, I'd rather trust it and have good things happen or learn something about myself rather than being trapped in some uh, difficult circumstance. My husband is a master with dreams and he's a scientist by profession. That's what he does. And he'll go to he'll go to sleep and he'll wake up and say, ah, OK, got this figured out. And 
it works it out. I mean, it, he could just see the pictures in his head. When he sleeps, he walks, he wakes up, he's ready to go. It's, it's fascinating. Good things have happened because he has trusted that power with himself. Each show, Kim, I offer a Simply Start segment where we talk about ways we can start our practice today. And I know you have some things on YouTube. Is there a brief exercise you can tell us about now so we can start with your teachings and, and start practicing and tapping into this energy? Yeah, absolutely. I'll go back to that default state exercise and I'll share a link with you, Polly, that you may want to share with others. I will, that, thanks. That, that will have the full exercise. Um, but what I'm going to invite your listeners to do is to get to know their, what I call default state. So take a few moments to really quietly sit and um, let go of any demands, oh, you know, as best as you can. She says, let go of the day, but <laughs> as best as you can. But just come and focus on yourself. Feel how your body feels, how your body feels, not how you think your body should feel. Feel how your body feels when you are just sitting with yourself, when you have no demands on you. And for some of us, it's highly energized. Like when I'm sitting still, my body is still wearing to go. Like, come on, come, let's get into action. I'm always energized and alert physically. Others are much calmer in their body. Um, you know, some people might feel tired and sleepy. You might find that there's pain, that there are cold spots on your body. Find out what is true for you. Then turn your um, attention to your emotions. What is your default emotion? And this changes very slowly over time, but you might find that underneath all the emotions that you're feeling in the day, there is a sense of contentment, or it might be guilt or sadness. It, there's no need and there's no benefit in judging what's in there. It's just about understanding who you are when you, you know, who you are emotionally when you are just with yourself. And then thirdly, turn your attention to your mind. So uh, is your mind dynamic and busy, which is me. I find it very difficult to, to meditate because my mind is always on the go. Other people find it really easy to clear a space where it's a, you know, a nice, fresh, rippleless pond. Other people find that it's sort of a gentle flow through their mind. Get to know who you are. That there is the baseline that you were talking about, Polly. That there is your body being your body. Then what you can do, and you might want to get someone to help you with this, bring in some stimuli into your experience. You can either think about somebody else or get someone to hide an object inside a bag or an, or an envelope and, and then pick that up. After you've found your baseline, pick up that object, the hidden object, or think about someone else or think about a situation and without any judgment or expectation, just tune back in to yourself. Tune back into your body. How do I feel now? Tune into your emotions. Are there different emotions now within my heart? And how is your mind feeling? Is it, has it changed the way that your mind works? Are there specific repetitive thoughts coming in that, that are your thoughts but don't feel like your thoughts? So, and change it again. Think of another situation or another person and just listen to the changes in your body. Your body is picking up the unconscious information that is flowing to you intuitively and it is interpreting it to, to you through your body um, and your mind, but 
mostly your body when you're beginning. That's where you're going to hear the information speaking to you. I'm totally doing this. Like I'm ready to hang up right now and get out there and practice this. I think this is fascinating. And I like knowing that we have this part of ourselves and that we have this, this other or higher form of guidance that we can tap into, especially right now when things are changing so quickly mm-hmm. and we're being challenged to adopt and learn about ourselves in new ways and what we care about in new ways. And uh, I think this is a great time to really understand that we can up-level and, and use these other senses as well. Polly, what I have found is that I went out, you know, went out to become psychic and, you know, be able to tell people whether their boyfriend's cheating on them or not. It's not about that. Your, your psi connection is your connection with the universe, with, with this higher consciousness that we all appear to be tapped into, that we all come from. And so when you are listening to your intuition, you're gaining wisdom, you're gaining insight, you're gaining power. You are like, I have become more connected, not just with other people, but with the planet. I have become more compassionate. I have become more empowered. I have become more trusting of myself and of others because I know that I get information if there is a, a, a situation where I shouldn't be trusting. This is truly is key. And I think that's why so many people are unconsciously, unknowingly drawn to this subject because it is such a key to living a good and full life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're here for, right? I'm not talking about meeting every goal 30 years from now, or I'm talking about up leveling, raising up this moment. So the next one is a little bit better. And I think we can tap into all that we are and align with that and feel that right now. And I think that's Simply Nifty. That brings us to our Simply Nifty segment. I got two of them today. First of all, I am going to put uh, Kim's great exercise that she just took us through in the show notes. So look at those, go to the YouTube exercise. There's a a program you can follow there and she'll take you through it. So that's simply nifty. Do it. It's awesome. And the second part of this, I love that factoid. We share 84% of our DNA with wolves and there's really not not a more instinctual creature. I mean, they're fascinating animals. And what's interesting to me about that is um, I know many young children, including my daughter, when she was very, very little, she thought she was a wolf. I mean, she identified with those stuffed animals and those documentaries and those books and those characters and every and, and there was no reason for it. I mean, I live in the suburbs. We don't have wolves running around. But but I find that very interesting because I think there is something instinctual. Well, we know there's something that we share with them, this kind of depth and understanding. And knowing that reminds me that I'm also of that right? I'm also of that DNA. Not only are they like me, but I'm like them. I can access this energy to elevate my experience. And I'm going to do that. Kim, this is great. I love your book. Um, I love talking to you. I'm looking for your book. right There it is. Infinite Mind and Exploration of Psy and the Capabilities of the Human Mind. This is a fascinating read. Go pick it up. And Kim, you consult people. You have a great podcast. Where can we find more of your work and connect with you? My podcast, my book, my consultations, it's all there at kimforrester.net. So that's Forrester with two R's, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-E-R, or just Google Kim Forrester and I pop up. Please, I am building a community on Instagram. Come and find me on the gram at I am Kim Forrester. I would love to see you there. 
All right. And you can find me at www.pollycampbell.com. I'm at Polly L. Campbell on Instagram. I'm on Facebook at Polly Campbell Author. And I'm here every week. So tune in. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the show. Track me down. You can connect with me through the website and let me know what topics you'd like to hear. You can also find my newest book, You Recharged, which is all about how to access this energy and re-engage in a way that revitalizes our world for ourselves and changes the world for the rest of us. So when we do that, when we tap into all this energy, all that we are, that's going to help us all live well, do good, and be happy. Electric acid.